You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. I call out to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those who lived well, who died well, who met the challenges of their time in interesting ways, and who opened the way for those who are coming with the actions in their own life. For these people open the way for us. And we ask those who carry all that is good and true and beautiful in that great legacy of human experience to stand behind us and to assist us, help us to learn from those who have gone before us. And as these ancestors stand behind us and help us to do what must be done for ourselves, for our time, and for those who are coming, let us not stop at the human ancestors but reach beyond into the other than human ancestors, to all of those beings that have been here on earth long before there's ever a human and will be here long after. We call out to these spirits of nature in their many forms and we ask them to help us to remember our own true nature, to surrender the distraction to shiny things, the um, ideas that do not grow corn and to surrender ourselves into this great web of life and to do the magical things that humans are here to do. And we ask these spirits of nature to help us to remember what it is that is our unique place in that great fabric of life. And as all of these helping spirits circle around us here today, let us gather ourselves from wherever we might be and settle into our head and take a nice deep breath and move down from our head to our heart. Another breath from our heart to settle down into our belly. And from our belly, let's take a moment and stop all the many things we're most likely doing simultaneously and focus on one thing, to give thanks. Let us give thanks to the earth for all that has been in our life that has brought us to this moment, for all that is and all that will be. Let us give gratitude for beauty, for diversity, for strangeness and wonder, and for that profound, wondrous miracle that is life itself. And for all of these things, let us tune in deeply and surrender ourselves down into the earth in great gratitude for this wonderful miracle of life and let our awareness settle down through all the layers of the earth reaching 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 all the way down until we reach down to the very very center of the earth and reach into those energies that draw their power out of darkness solitude and stillness and into this silence energy let us ground ourselves deeply and clearly completely that we might stay connected to these energies of the earth as we move through our day. And then let us draw these energies of the earth up, up from the very center of the earth and our imagination, drawing up these energies that rejuvenate and restore, these energies that nourish us and help to replenish that which we have spent 
in our life. We call the energy of the earth up, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth and up into our belly. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand how to be here in form in a good way, how to ground ourselves deeply into the earth to know who we are, to where we stand and what we stand for. And as we build our life based on these things that have heart and meaning for us, let us do this in a way that is open to those who are different than we are, or at least those who we perceive are different than we are. For it is in engaging with the other that we will come to discover the aspects of ourself that we do not yet know. And so let us live in this way and come to know the different aspects of our inner selves. And as we come into good relationship with ourself and the many facets found within, let us come into better relationship with everyone else around us, with our environment and with the invisible world. And as we reach out to all of these layers of energy, let us connect in and understand that it is all one and that we are part of that one, oneness. We are part of that great web of life. And with this knowing resonating in our heart, let us draw this earth energy up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind. And to begin to rise up and out and into the sky above us, the weather that it holds, out through the atmosphere and all the way up into the cosmos, reaching clearly and directly for the highest power of the universe. And in whatever way you know this energy, however you name it or conceive of it, reach up into it and connect let it connect with you and draw down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. Draw down this radiant energy from above. That which blesses, that which protects. Call these energies in. And with that blessing and protection, feel the benevolence of this universe. Let it inspire your commitment and devotion. Open yourself to that which inspires, that which illuminates that which allows us to be creative and to touch our own unique genius. We call in this great benevolence in the universe. We draw it in, sending this energy from above through our head and heart and belly and down to the very center of the earth. And in this way, as we become this place of union between the above and below, earth and sky, these two great ancient legendary lovers – May that big love between them inspire the loving spirit of our own heart. Let that heart awaken as we desire to be wholehearted in our life. And let us open our heart to that crucible of transformation. And take a moment to draw up the fiery passions of your belly and down the crystal clarity of your mind. Drawing these energies into that crucible of transformation in your heart where they're dynamic tension together because they're oh so very different in all qualities. May that dynamic tension give birth to the third and most sacred thing, which is some inkling or memory, maybe understanding, maybe a vision, but some deep sense of knowing of why you are here. May you reach into that beautiful and courageous human heart and draw out the strength that you need to do something in this day, large or small, to bring your gifts into manifestation in the world. And with your heart, reach out to all of the helping spirits that are gathered around you, those known and unknown, and give thanks to the incredible, vast array of spirit help that you have, that I have, that we all have, to help us to do what it is that we have come here to do. May what needs to be said be said, what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. 
We have deep gratitude for all the help that we have. And I am deeply grateful for the help that I receive from those of you that are able to donate financially. So I want to give thanks to Joan and Michelle, to John and Heidi, to Peter, Susan, and Sherwood, and all of the listeners who donate to the show financially. You can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button, and scroll down to donate any amount, large or small, all of it, even the humblest of offerings. They all are deeply appreciated because they all go literally and directly to paying the bills that allow us to keep these shows live and on the air and in the archives where they are free and available for anyone who can get onto the internet. So I am deeply grateful for those of you that are able to donate financially, and I am deeply grateful for the creativity and devotion in each of you that allows you to figure out other things you can do to help the show to grow, using the ideas in your journey circles, um, perhaps holding space for this solstice fire that we're talking about, um, wrestling with these in your own private um, shamanic practice off in the wilds of who knows where, somewhere on this planet. Whatever it is that you do and in whatever way that you do it, it, what you do to help the show to grow and to be a more valuable presence here in the world, I am deeply grateful. Today, our show is part three of the 2017 Winter Summer Solstice Fire Preparation. This particular fire is about empowerment and sovereignty. And uh, we are not live today, but I'm happy to um, answer your emails and your questions if you send them to Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So this week is our third week. It is part three of this preparation for our winter summer solstice fire ritual. And with our Why Shamanism Now listeners spread literally around the globe, it is my hope that you all will unite as one and empower each other's ritual work, that we begin to become conscious of the fact that you are certainly not alone, not spiritually, but also not physically in the world. So many of you who listen to Why Shamanism Now are factually out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, the only person in your community who's interested in shamanism and thus have found things that are on the internet um, and have many of you have brought these practices deeply in your life. And by the way, when you send me emails to tell me how much things have changed in your life, it really nourishes my heart and helps me to understand the cycling of energy that is happening here through this humble podcast. So with that said, those of you that are sort of individual and solo out there in your practice, I would like us all to take that next leap and to connect through the web of the human family and to know that you do this preparation work, as complex as it might be, with others just like you in the world. And for those of you that English is your first language, just imagine your brothers and sisters around the world for whom English is not their first language and they're still uh, challenging themselves to step into these very complex preparations for this fire. So let us have a consciousness of our brothers and sisters engaged in this family of people who are wanting to explore what they can release to step more fully into their own innate empowerment and sovereignty in their lives. So last week, they, uh, just to recap actually the last two weeks, the healer's part of the preparation was to ask us to look at the stories that we tell ourselves about humanity, sovereignty, and power. 
And the steps the healer gave us were about stirring up our stories so that we could begin to see them. So they weren't just this big jello of reality that all seems completely consistent, but is actually we begin to see the many, many stories that weave together that reality. And the healer's counsel ultimately in this whole line of work coming up to the fire is about understanding more deeply what is necessary to tend your own inner fire. And the three components of that inner fire are your humanity, your sovereignty, and your power. And the healer says there is, uh, this is no one's job but your own, ever. No one gives you your power. No one gives you your sovereignty. You don't have to take it. You already have it. You have to own what is yours and step up into it. These, power and sovereignty, are your birthright. They are the human fire shared by all equally. And tend the flame of your full heart. And when your inner fire is well tended, the actions that flow from it are humane, empowered, and sovereign. So the warrior then in the next week, last week, steps in and asks us to begin to sort through these stories. And as we, as we sort through the stories with each of these sort of different lenses of the warrior, um, where things are working, we set them aside and take them off our list. Our list refines. We sort through from another perspective. Where things pass there, we take them off the list and continue to refine. And so what the warrior is having us do is to have courage and persistence to keep moving down through the layers of our stories about power. The warrior is asking us to step into honesty and discernment and to look at these stories from the actions that they create in our life. And that when we do look deeply at these actions – Um, that are disempowered or where we abdicate our right to choose for ourselves, um, that we look at these actions under the actions until we actually get to the stories that are really driving how we use our power when when it's not going well. (laughs) Um, The warrior is asking us to understand that the pressures and pains that we feel around expressing our power in the world is grossly different for people who are different than you, uh, be it via the color of their skin or the sense of their sexual self in the world um, or as they connect in the world in uh, differently in different countries um, and that we open ourselves to listen and recognize how these different stories about power affect us differently as we get sorted by these stories into different groups. And so to reach out really and listen to each other as you prepare for the ritual and hear how it is for others around power and learn about each other as you're working together um, with um, layer after layer after layer of, of becoming aware and more conscious of your stories. The warrior reminds us in all of this sorting through these stories with uh, to do so with curiosity and compassion for ourselves, that there is no place in this for judgment, only discernment. And any sort of judgment or shaming or blaming that you might do for yourself is useful only in that it shows you yet another story that uh, you tell yourself that could be cleared in this fire. 
And so this week, now having stirred with the guidance of the healer and sorted with the guidance of the warrior, we move on now um, to the council of the teacher leader. And things get pretty interesting pretty quickly. So as we moved, as I moved in to ask the teacher leader energy what comes next, um, the trickster really steps to the fore. And it becomes clear why this preparation is so complex. Um, that we are, for the most part, here in the trickster's hands this year. And honestly, if I'd gotten all the journeying done before I started this little sequence of shows, I might not have done it. Because it is rather complex for a podcast. And I, and I do try to balance your desire for in-depth information with the responsibility of what can really be offered sitting here talking to you for an hour because I don't have any ability to know how you're hearing what is being said. So we're here nonetheless, though. (laughs) The trickster tricked me into literally doing this. So here we are. We are in the hands of the trickster and um, we are moving this week into trickster's guidance. Okay, so before we do that... Um, Let me just recap here a way to simplify if you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe this is two weeks now before the solstice um, or not even and and you are really sincerely trying to get prepared for it. You could decide that what you want to deal with is just your victim stories. And take all of your own victim stories through the process. Or you could decide that somewhere as you're sifting through your stories that there's just three main stories that you want to work with. And just take those three stories through the warrior's process for you. I mean we can't really simplify it by avoiding steps. But you could certainly simplify it if you felt you needed to by kind of manually (laughs) limiting your list of stories that you're looking at. I'm not encouraging you to do that, but I'm offering it as a way for those of you who are sort of stumbling on this at the last minute and haven't really, don't really have the time to look at all your stories and all of your actions and really sift and sort through your life um, as the warrior is guiding us to do. So understand that there are ways that you can adjust the amount of work that you're actually doing. And as I said in last week's show, it it will adjust the results of the fire, certainly. But doing it is better than not doing it. Doing it with focused and minimal, um, limited preparation is way better than no preparation. And of course, doing it with broad and deep preparation is fabulous too. Again, Curiosity and compassion for yourself. Try to be uh, realistic and to give yourself a step that you can actually take and take that step well. And that's my counsel around all ritual work is do what you're prepared to do and you will do it safely. Overstep yourself is never a good idea when we're wanting to focus and prepare for ritual. 
so just to recap then, uh, if you were going to choose uh, some way to self-limit or manually limit the number of stories that you're looking at, um, then you're wanting to um, you know, first look at the actions that literally fill your day because they are drawing energy from your inner fire and warrior first asks you to look at and understand how that's actually happening. What does the action give back? In what way does it give back, if at all? Where does your fire go when you take that action? And what gets created when you take that action? Um, And so you're looking for what needs to change so that your actions in life will actually tend your inner fire, that it's sustaining, that it draws from your inner fire and energy circles back to tend your fire, um, and that these actions that you take are expressions of your power, of your sovereignty, and of your humanity. And so where all of that's working, great, energy circling back, and these are good, true expressions of your power, super, take them off your list, right? Um, And ultimately, you sort it down to these two final lists around what actions must end and what actions must begin. And then the warrior has you looking at facing your fear relative to what will happen if I begin this. What's the story you tell yourself? What's the little person in you that's afraid of that? Um, What will happen if I end? What will happen if I begin? Right, And facing the fears around that. And if you can love that self that's afraid, and transform that fear through your love, that fierce love, and move into new actions around that, those things also get off your list. And that ultimately, you're dialing down to that which can't simply be loved into transformation in this moment. These energies, we're now looking at energies being um, actually stuck in kind of a shadow pattern. And so, at the end of the work with the warrior, you sorted through your remaining stories and identified them as being either a victim story, which is blaming other people and leaving your power unclaimed, or a disciple kind of story where you're projecting your power out onto other people or institutions or things. It could also have been um, a rebelly story where you are um, misdirecting your power. Um, there's, your power is going out all over the place, but it's going out without humanity and sovereignty guiding it. And then uh, the other is uh, these are stories of invisibility where you're choosing not to use your gifts, not to express your power, but to use your energy for other people and their gifts and powers. And so these stories have led us to what the trickster considers your inner characters, So these are the inner characters that we have been searching for. So let's assume you've done the full preparation. So you've got a list here of inner characters that have been identified as being stuck in a rebel pattern or invisible pattern or um, a disciple pattern or a victim pattern. Okay. And be aware, bullies are actually also victims. They're they're both – in a they're two sides of the same coin okay anyway so this week as i said we've turned to the guidance of the teacher and in this shamanic cosmology the teacher archetypal energy encompasses the archetypal wisdom of the teacher and the leader and the sovereign and for those of you who don't want to google right now to figure out what sovereign means it's basically the king or queen the 
the ultimate authority. Um, and as a human being, you are a sovereign being, meaning you have the authority over the use of your free will and all that extends from that. And so this, this um, shaping of the teacher archetype in the cosmology is really just an issue with words because ideally this archetype would really be called the master as in the one who has mastered the art of the right use of will and power and is thus in a position to teach. So it's a person who has gained this position through a life of mastery. But that word is problematic these days because of the huge history around colonization, um, enslaving people, and various and uh, various and sundry other activities historically that have given the word master a very bad name. Um, so, for short, we use teacher or teacher leader. Now, as I said earlier in this show, we zoomed quickly out of the hands of the teacher leader and into the trickster. So, the trickster is the rest of the logic of the teacher leader in this in this shamanic cosmology that a crazy logic component exists as an extension of all the logics that of all the different archetypes um so the healer has death as its crazy logic teacher so in two weeks ago in the healer show healer and death offered us guidance in this particular season the warrior stepped up and gave us that process for sifting our stories and crazy woman didn't and so anyway here we are teacher leader offering us guidance and the teacher leader have been shoved out of the way and it's all trickster all the time so um some would say that the trickster is the shadow of the teacher. And that is not my experience. And that is not what these archetypal teachers have been teaching me through the cycle teachings and through, and as my students work within these teachings. So that's not something that we would say in, in the cycle teachings. Um, I'm not going to say whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's not my understanding. Um, and so what we've been shown in the cycle teachings is that we, we as individuals can either be in shadow or not with the trickster. So it's about the nature of our relationship with the trickster. So we can be in a shadow or an unconscious relationship with the trickster. And when that happens, the trickster ends up getting blamed for the mess that we create in our life. And because uh, we are in relationship with the trickster, but it's an unconscious one, the trickster is being forced by our unconsciousness, our refusal to listen to the messages and to work consciously with trickster. Trickster's forced through our denial to teach us through disaster and reversal and um, convoluted messes. Um, long involved processes that circle us back around and have been a total red herring um, that just took our entire life savings. Things like that. Okay. In other words, the mess has happened. We've created the mess in our own life. We haven't listened to Trickster along the way, but now that the mess has happened and it's, we've been brought up short by the explosion, now Trickster comes in to help us learn from it. And so in cleaning up the mess and rebuilding our life um, or our sense of self after some kind of profound humiliation or, you know, whatever it is that's being rebuilt as we're sifting back through the rubble and 
and learning from that, we, we perceive of ourselves as learning from trickster, which we are, but it's in it's because we've been in shadow with the trickster. When we're in conscious relationship with the trickster, we are in a co-creative relationship. We're in a, in a real working, rela- real meaning, real shamanic working relationship with the trickster as helping spirit. And the trickster is a really deep shamanic ally. Um, it's one of the, frankly, one of the uh, uniquenesses that's, that separates shamanic spirituality from other spiritualities. Not all, but other, most. And so the trickster is really a deeply shamanic ally. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we can get the message from trickster if we're in conscious relationship and not in denial. We can get that message before the disaster is in full explosion in our lives. Trickster can help to see us what we're blind to, what we're deaf to, the mess we're about to make before we've made it. Right? So if we if we go consciously to trickster... As a helping spirit, Trickster can show us the lines of our energy, our momentum, our intention, our, you know, even our shamanic work just unfolding before us and weaving together a reality that's leading to the big disaster there on the horizon in our life. And we can look at that before we get there and think, hmm, there's still time to learn. There is still time to course correct. So while it is true that everything can be turned into a lesson or a teaching, that does not by definition then mean that was the only way we could have learned that. People tend to use that, the spiritual truth, um, that everything is a teacher, which is true, as a bludgeon to, to, to make people think they had to have that path. And what Trickster is here to teach us is you don't have to have any path, that you're the one choosing the path all the time. And there are many, many ways to learn the things that you need to learn. Um, And so, no, you don't actually need to have the disaster to learn. You could choose consciously to learn before the disaster. That's not to say you're a bad person because you have the disaster. It's just saying the fact that you're learning from the disaster does not mean it's the only way that you can learn. Okay, so time to course correct was the point. So Trickster is the master in conscious relationship with Trickster. Trickster is the master of the sacrifice of immediate appetites. The sacrifice of who we tend to be for the possibility of something else to manifest. Something that is not yet real. Something that has not yet happened. So Trickster helps us to know what to sacrifice, how to sacrifice it in a sacred way um, to the spirits so that they pay attention and so that we get the big help. Now, contemporary Westerners, and I can only speak for them right now, hate the word sacrifice or they overuse it. And that Trickster really teaches us how to come into right relationship with sacrifice from a shamanic perspective. And part of the point that trickster is making about sacrifice is if you have been unconscious and you can look back on your life and go look at all that I sacrificed and I still don't know what my soul's purpose is trickster's perspective will be yeah 
And how conscious were you each moment you sacrificed those things? You didn't choose to sacrifice them. Your actions put you in a position so that your life took them away from you. You created that path. It wasn't an intentional and conscious sacrifice. And so one of the things I've said many times on shows is if you're about to have shit go sideways and a big sacrifice is about to happen, step into that void. Get out of the drama in your head and step into the sacred space of the creative void and say, I am sacrificing whatever this is with the intention that whatever. So to make the sacrifice intentional. And this is Trickster's great gift if we can step into conscious relationship with Trickster is to learn to use the loss in our life, the grief, the disaster, the failures that happen as the sacrifice for what it is that we are wanting to create. That's one thing. The other thing is actually to just make intentional sacrifice. And that's what we're about to do this year. Okay. So we need big help is where that gets us, right? And so this is pretty much what people are looking for at this point in time on our planet. There's some, as I said in the very beginning of this series, the world is magical and beautiful, even while things are going on right now in the human aspect of the world that are deeply morally, ecologically, financially, etc., problematic. It feels impossible. Many of us feel impotent. Many people feel depressed. So we need big help and we need it right now. So that's the time for ritual, to call out for spirit to help us make big change happen. So this is us asking for the big help. And and part of that is is to reveal the greater possibility of magic that exists right here, of beauty that exists right here, the power of diversity that exists right here, right now, right? This isn't about the long journey. This is about exposing what doesn't need to be anymore so that what is trying to be born can finish being born and can bring a new beauty and a new medicine into the world. Okay, so this whole process is a trickster process, is my point. And it's Frankly, because we're here in the domain of the teacher trickster already, because we're talking about empowerment and sovereignty. And this is the domain of the teacher trickster. It is the use of the strong heart, the master, the one who has gained the ability to stand and teach and lead through their own mastery, their own learning, their own merit. And so we kind of should have known Trickster was on the horizon, but here we are. Okay, so why are we bothering with this complex trickstery preparation for the solstice fire? Why can't it be simple like past years? Because shamanic practice is alive. It's not about repeating the same ritual at the same time every year. That's a different kind of practice. That uh, shamanic practice is... um, Alive with what is actually going on in the moment. So it is about using ritual consciously to engage with what needs to be engaged. And there are other rituals and ceremonies um, that accomplish other things in shamanic work like celebration or affirmation or recapitulation of what has been. Um, There are many, many, as many options for ritual and ceremony as humans and life has needs. So it's not that fire rituals and releasing is the only option. It's just 
That's the one we tend to talk about on the show. So here we are. At this moment, we need a miracle. Or in the immortal words of the crazy logic teachers, you humans need a shortcut. So that's why we're bothering with this complex trickstery preparation for the solstice fire. So from the work with the warrior, you have inner characters that are associated with things you need to start doing and things you need to stop doing. And there are old stories in the way of these changes. These are the actions that, uh, that direct energy away from your inner fire in a way that is not sustainable. So you have your inner characters from the warrior and your um, work here is to take – so you have these inner characters, right, who are in rebellion and misdirecting your power. You have other inner characters who are projecting their power onto other people and systems and organizations, right? You have the other inner characters you've named who would rather be victims than claim their true power. And you have the inner characters who choose invisibility rather than taking responsibility for the right use of their own power. Okay, so you have your little list of characters from the warrior's work. Now, working with the stories that you tell yourself that sustains these inner characters, now you're going to need to journey. So with Spirit's help, you are going to be asking to see the next level of detail. So the journey is... What in me is being controlled or judged or positional in this story, meaning this particular victim story or this particular invisible story, right? Because you're working with this, these inner characters and their stories from the work with the warrior. Now, for some of these, you might want to adjust this question a little bit so it could be who in me is being controlled, judged, or positional, in this story. Now, if you can work with Trickster successfully in your journeys, go for it. If that's a little bit too convoluted for you, please feel free to just journey with your most reliable helping spirit because we're really zeroing in on what needs to go into the fire. So you want to do all you can to have your journeys be clear. Okay. So an example of what Trickster is asking us to do. So let's say there is a fearful inner character who is projecting her power onto others. So that would be a disciple pattern. Okay. His or her uh, power onto others. So I'm going to give you three examples of what these could look like. I mean, there's infinite examples of what it could look like, but here's just some examples to get you going. Okay. So I've done my journey And I've asked what in me is being controlled, judged, or positional in this story of projecting power, whatever the nature of the story is. I put in the details of the story. Okay. So one option could be a judge could be the judgment is that a woman, as a woman, you are fundamentally unfit to use your power so you shouldn't vote, run for office, etc., right? And you will be punished or shamed for even trying. So that's, that's, a, that's an example of the kind of answer that you could get. All right. To who in that story is being judged. So another example, different story, different character, same thing, projecting power. But a control, an example of control would be as a black man, I must control my power or I will get anything from black backlash to death. Now, 
that story is pretty real right now in the United States, right? And it is still a story that this the fearful character from the warrior work is using to control the inner self so that they project their power out. Okay, it's an example. Another example of positional, because these are the three things, right? Judge, control, positional. Positional would be, as a good man, abused by power all my life, I don't use mine. I do not want to abuse my power, so I simply support others to use theirs in a good way. That's a story that is very positional. This is what it is. This is what happened. So this is this is what I do. It's positional. Okay. Okay, then you've got your answer from spirit. And now, with the wisdom of your own human heart, you look at that answer. So if we look at the woman who, who holds the story, she's fundamentally unfit to use power because that's what she was taught, right? Who is being judged in that story? In that story, it's that actual nature of being a female. In the control story, the black man, the imaginary black man, right? What's being controlled is the inner genius creative idea person, right? With the positional story with the man who won't use his power, what's being, what's being positional, right, is the person who wants to use the power. So you've got the shadow patterns from the warrior you're asking about who in the story is being judged or controlled or being positional and then once you see that in the story then you're looking at in that's very specifically the next level down of what is the actual energy that the judgment or the controlling, or the positional is hooked into, the actual energy, which might be, which is most likely a quality within. So like the quality of femaleness, the quality of genius, the quality of expression, the the need to express. These are all human qualities, and that's what you're wanting to get to. So then Trickster asks you, this is the key question, What would happen if you really loved these inner beings? What would happen if you really loved them? What would you, if you really loved that female nature in yourself? If you really loved the creative genius so nothing could stop it? If you really loved the you who wanted to express the power unconditionally, without any limits, really fiercely love them, what arises in you that would keep you from that kind of strong heart as you really imagine loving that energy without hesitation so that it can live, what rises up, what thought, what feeling, what whatever rises up, that is what you sacrifice into the fire. The, that list, those energies, whatever they are, at that point they have been named. These are the energies that you will wrap into your death arrow, your power object that is going to carry these energies 
into grandfather fire for you and you are going to be asking the fire to transform them utterly within you so that they can no longer keep you from having this strong-hearted love that frees these inner qualities that have been so deeply judged and controlled and you're so positional about that they keep you from your true sovereign human rights, your true power in the world, and the ability to tend your own inner fire in a good way. Okay? So basically, you ended up with this assortment of inner selves that have, that have not even complete stories anymore. You've come all the way down to this basic core shadowy thing that's going on. So you have this assortment of these inner selves that need your love if you are going to transform your relationship with your own inner fire. And so you're asking, what if you love them, really, really love them with a strong heart? And what arises from that that stops that love is what you want to sacrifice in the fire. And then you can begin to find ways energetically to pour that energy, those specific energies into this one power object, this one death arrow that's going to convey those energies from deep inside of you. These are actually deep inside your own shadow patterns. But this core energy that keeps you from loving yourself in this way so that it lives and sending it into the fire. So that, phew, right, is the path from the healer to the warrior through the teacher-leader trickster energy here to identify these deep, 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 deep under the many layers energy that is actually the thing that holds you back. And next week, we will talk about this final piece with the visionary, but ultimately, Given these three weeks, you are able to begin now to prepare the energies that are going to go into the fire. Next week, we'll talk about the new story, the life arrow that is the companion here of the process with the death arrow, um, the word story and the vision story of the new story, and then ultimately the earth um, ritual. That will complete at sunrise the day after the fire ritual, just to give you that arc again. Okay, so healer, warrior, teacher, trickster, they've all given us multiple layers here to drill down and down and down and down to get to these energies that must go into the fire. So now you've got it. Now you can begin as you answer these questions from the trickster to get at those energies that need to go into this fire. That opens us, this gateway that's going to open us as a human family to move into a deep and true sense of empowerment and sovereignty and our humanity that will allow us to do what needs to be done at our time. To feel no longer disempowered by that which goes on around us, but inspired from within, from the burning flame of our own inner fire to do whatever it is that needs to be done 
in the best way possible and know that we are empowered and have a right to do it. So I want to give thanks to Teacher Leader Sovereign and Trickster, to the healer and death, to the warrior and the visionary to come for all of their help in our work here getting ready for the fire. I give thanks to the ancestors who stand around us in their many forms, to the earth below, the sky above, and to the heart that unites us all. So for those of you that are planning to hold space for others and want to get um, a leg up, as they say, on that preparation, there is an old fire ritual from many seasons back that describes a simple fire ritual if you've never done one before. Um, I will uh, connect people to that next week for sure, for sure, but you're welcome to look into the archives at whyshamanismnow.com and find that show yourself. If I have a chance today, I'll try to post it on Facebook, on the Why Shamanism Now Facebook page. Thank you, everyone. May your preparations for this fire be blessed. Have a good week.